Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a fun show for you guys today. It's one of my favorite topics, one of Julie's favorite topics. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Getting Everything You Want in Life. <laughs> How about that for an uplifting, motivational topic? So we're going to be going through point by point what we intended to talk about yesterday. And then I you know, derailed myself talking about that uh, new report about Zillow earnings with regards to their iBuyer program. Had a lot of interesting feedback on that. A lot of you thankful for us having shared that information with you because it is kind of a confusing time if you're in real estate and you don't have your skill set together yet. If you've not yet learned how to be a powerful listing agent, um, yeah, you're probably really living in constant fear of all these sort of, you know, zombies at the gate, the iBuyers and all these other, you know, changes that you don't know how to make heads or tails of. And I'm going to tell you guys, and please remember I told you this, you're always going to live in fear when you don't have your own skill set, when you don't know how to go out do the business proactively, you don't know how to overcome seller's objections, you don't know how to compete in this market. You know, if you don't really have, if you haven't gone to the level of taking your um, real estate career seriously, you're always going to live in fear. Um, and that's just that's the that's the plight you create for yourself by choosing to be lazy. That's about as bottom line as I can possibly make it. You know, when you allow yourself the the distractions of worrying about logos and websites and your team and all these other things, and you don't have your skill set perfected. And how do you know if you have your skill set perfected? It's simple. Are you a proactive lead generator or aren't you? Are you buying your leads or, or are you going after them every single day? Do you have an organized approach, a disciplined uh, approach to your day where you're actively, actually proactively lead generating? Or are you essentially like most agents where you're lazy and you're just trying to essentially delegate or somehow obfuscate on your responsibility of proactively generate? That's it. That's how you know what you are. Because proactive lead generation, when you have the discipline of proactively generating, there's a lot of other disciplines that fall in alignment with that. For example, you're going to have more discipline. You're going to have a scheduled day. You're probably also, these are odd little side benefits, you're probably also going to be in better con- physical condition, mental condition, certainly better financial condition, and dare I say spiritual condition, when you're a proactively generator. Why am I so confident in what I said? Because the disciplines that are necessary to be a proactively generation, the dedication to your craft, the dedication to becoming a true professional, the dedication to uh, you know really having your your uh, driving force to be a true professional so you can be of service to more people, having all those things in alignment essentially will elevate all aspects of your life. And that's something a lot of you have discovered, but that's something most of you need to discover. By most of you, I mean the tens of thousands that have not yet fully embraced it. And, and again, I, I want to emphasize what I just said, fully embraced. That, that, that means that you are consistently every single day doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, not just sporadically. Hey, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Hey, <laughs> thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I think that's also a good segue into what we're talking about today ultimate guide to getting everything you want in life 
that that actually does take very specific effort. We've got some action steps to get them closer to that. But certainly none of that will happen if they don't get their skill set in gear. So yeah, that Zillow article, I think that was a good uh, jumping off point to make that point that, yeah, there's um, maybe some zombies at the gate that we're going to have to keep on keeping an eye on and know what to do about. But you really don't have to even have those things on your radar other than just having, you know, just to watch them for amusement's sake, frankly. If you know how to proactively lead generate, if you have your head Correct. screwed on straight, that ultimately the product from your business is the profit that you make. And if you're not making any profit from your business, which you would be surprised, the more houses that agents sell, they have a tendency to make less and less profit. If you're not making a meaningful profit, 50, 60, 70% from your real estate practice, you need to be paying closer attention to why you're in business in the first place. And again, I get it. We've talked endlessly on this podcast and certainly part of our coaching program, how you can get your head screwed on straight Why, you know, as to why you're actually in business. You're in business to make a profit. Ultimately, in order for you to make a profit, you do have to be a professional and have a skill set. You do have to have your essentially your, your uh, highest and truest focus every single day on being of service to other people. The, those two thoughts are the same. I hope you guys realize that. If you are truly in alignment with being of service to other people, which I know all of you intuitively are, unless you're a sociopath, if you truly believe that your highest and truest purpose in this planet is to be of service to other people, again, which is how all of us are designed, then you have to accept the responsibility of learning skills. You have to accept the responsibility of becoming a real professional and essentially not buying leads. You have to accept the responsibility of having your business, the product of your business being profit, or you are out of alignment with what your highest and truest purpose is. So there's a little gut check for a lot of you. Hopefully, I've, you know, we, we at Julian are constantly planting seeds, you know, we're constantly doing what we can to water those seeds so they grow inside all of your minds. But it's ultimately going to be up to you as to whether or not you're going to give them the rest of the nutrition that they need to actually grow and flourish and change your life. And listen, one of the things that we've set up for all of you that's super easy is an easy way for you to get your mind and your business on track. And it's called a free coaching call. And when you request one, you also are entitled to six of our free books, or rather six of our books. And the, the one in particular, particular that I want all of you guys to download right away. Everyone talks about it. Everyone's very thankful. We get emails, comments on our private Facebook page. This is something that a lot of you have been searching for, or a lot of you have should have been searching for. Uh, it's the fill-in-the-blank business plan. It's our real estate treasure map. It's a business in life plan. It's not just, hey, let's write down our goals, and hey, let's make a dream board. It's an actual plan where you're going to sit down, and you're going to write out specifically all the facts and figures of your life, all the financials, but then you're going to get into the weeds as far as what it's going to take for you to really have the life of your dreams. We always suggest that you do this with your spouse, provided you have one, obviously, or your partner or whatnot, so that everyone's sharing in the common vision of what the future can be. Uh, so definitely get that. It's free real estate treasure map. And all you've got to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do so, you're going to be given that book as well as five other books. And, of course, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So don't wait, uh, waste any time um, thinking about whether you should text Harris to 31996. Just go ahead and do it. Um, we have, I checked this morning, 
I believe over the next two days we have 12 free coaching call spots available. So go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. So, Julie, let's jump right in. Yes, you know, I as you were talking about planting seeds in their brains, but they've got to be the ones that water them and nurture them and take care of them. It's so funny. I was I was watching something that Zoe had for school that your mom was also getting her these DVDs, right? And this is a little story from Friar John. I'm sure there's some Bible verse that goes with us it's this that somebody will email me because I'm not good with that. But here was the point. Uh, Friar John was teaching the little animals that come to his place how to uh, take care of strawberry plants. The whole point was they were going to enter a contest to have the biggest strawberries so that they could raise money to do um, whatever their charity was they were talking about. So each of the animals had seeds and dirt and a little pot. And, and each of the animals had some kind of other thing going on that distracted them. And when I saw this with Zoe, I thought to myself, isn't this just like agents? So the squirrel's seeds didn't grow because he uh, planted the seeds on top and he didn't, he didn't bother to like push them into the dirt. And then one of the birds decided to eat the seeds instead of to plant them. And then one of the other uh, animals planted the seeds, did everything right, but forgot to water them. And so as they went through all these animals, they, they saw, you know, one of them um, wasn't that careful putting them in and kind of ignored them and then showed up another day and expected to see a strawberry plant. Isn't that just like business where we have all of the seeds, we have the tools, we even have the instructions on the seed packet. And yet it's, you know, the smallest little distraction, whether that's putting out a fire or, you know, buying leads, going towards the pretty shiny things, and those seeds somehow don't grow. It's only when you have that right combination of things, which, of course, in the story, Friar John was the one who showed them that you have to water it, you have to nurture it, it has to have light, you know, and all these little tiny mistakes that they all made are so easy to these traps that we fall into. So I just had to give you that segue for our real topic, which is the ultimate guide to getting everything you want in life, because that does take some planning and nurturing. So here's the question. What one thing do you really want beyond wanting more of a need or a necessity that you get it? Have you ever had that burning desire? Do you have it now? What is that thing or for some of you things? So think about that. <clears throat> We're going to talk about this guide of actually getting there. So point number one often with us is a mindset point, and This is no different. Number one, confront your limiting beliefs <coughs> excuse me, about money, your worthiness, attachment to other people's reactions and the potential of being rejected by your tribe. For some of you, this is a big deal. And we've talked about this in various measures on other podcasts, but what are your actual beliefs about money? Are you worthy of that? Tim, do you want to drill down on that or should we continue with points? I don't know how fast you want to get through all of our points here. Well, I mean, really the limiting beliefs about kind of money are, oh, I just had a great complicated word, but now I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> but limiting beliefs about back. money, they, they hide in your brain. They hide in my brain. They hide in Julie's brain. They they live in these little Everybody's dark corners. It. Yeah, and it's true. And you sometimes will have them, uh, you know, they'll pop out, and they'll pop out of your mind, and you're like, holy, you know, whatever your word is. Where did that, that come from? from? Where did that thought come from? If you're actually – one of the things that um, I've been working on for a long time is in order to uh, make myself – less prone to being adversely influenced by my ego, one of the things I do is I always make it so or try to make it so I'm the observer of Tim, 
Okay, I know this sounds a little obtuse, but just bear with me, guys. So um, I have was sharing that with Julie. I've shared it with her many times before, and I've noticed in the past maybe three or four months she started actually doing it. Because what happens is if you become the observer of yourself, that causes you to basically disengage from the ego. The ego actually is what creates or what helps to well, it's it's a fear-mongering thing. Ego in the way that most people think of it as someone who's boastful, trying to draw attention to themselves, that's actually not the full effect, the detrimental effect of ego. Ego does serve a purpose, but ultimately what it does is it destroys potential because it causes you to be too fearful. It causes you not, not to be present. So the not present thing is something that can literally cause you to be mentally ill, can, it, physical illness can come as a result of not being present. How do you know – just put all these pieces, to, and I'll give you guys a good book. How do you know whether or not you are present is ask yourself how much time, just in like the last minute, you spent thinking about the future or the past. The future or the past is not being present they, because here's the thing that's funny about thinking about the future or the past. The thoughts associated with the past are generally speaking worrisome thoughts, and certainly the thoughts associated with the future are the same way. Your ego wants to you to stay in its constant state of fear. Your ego wants you to constantly be questioning yourself and overanalyzing and being too skeptical. It wants you to be safe. It wants you to not risk anything. It wants you to stay small. Your ego wants you to stay small. It wants you to honestly, guys. Your ego wants you to stay broke, because after all, these are all internal thoughts that some of us have. Okay, your ego is going to tell you if you start breaking away from the pack, if you start all of a sudden excelling, if you get in better physical condition, if all of a sudden the sort of mental emotional mooring lines that have been holding you back no longer hold you back, and all of a sudden you start becoming this new person. What's going to happen? This is your ego talking. Most likely, just pay attention to these thoughts. What's going to happen to the support structure around you, your supposed friends, in your family, in your neighbors, in your whatever you got, you know, modern word, your tribe? They will reject you. And some of you have picked that up because you're on your own path of trying to make your life better and it doesn't matter what capacity. And you have sensed that people are starting to cause you some consternation. You're sensing the headwinds of you trying to break free of the masses. And the, the old story about the crab in the bucket, uh, which I'm always shocked that people haven't heard of this, but, you know, there you go. So you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, and one tries to escape. The other crabs will pull that crab back in. We actually saw that. We heard it, but then we actually saw it take place. And that's what happens. It, it, the thing is, is your ego is causing you believe it or not, more pain and damage to your potential future than you can imagine. And a great book is The Ego is the Enemy. Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Read that book. Get started there. And, but remember, keep yourself – One of the, just the shortcut to all of this is keep yourself as the observer of yourself. Julie, you started doing that. I mean, did, I'm curious – did you, in doing of the observer of yourself role, first of all, I'm, I'm curious how consistent you are with being the observer of yourself, first of all. And second of all, I'm curious as to whether or not you've discovered any limiting beliefs that you had, have had about money and your, and your own path towards you know, essentially trying to get control of your ego and separate yourself from it. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that there's two parts to that. One is the money part of it, that I observe – how I am around, you know, maybe moms at Zoe's school or neighbors or, 
you know, you kind of have to pre-think about what the discussion is about, whether that's, I mean, we have this big controversy in our neighborhood about, you know, the uh, encroachment of all these things and how we're handling the roads and going to city council and all this. And it's, it's funny, you and I were talking about the perception that, you know, I mean, we have a pretty nice neighborhood. We, some of the neighbors are like, oh, you know, we don't want to be seen as the nicest, you know, one of the nicest neighborhoods in our area just complaining because there's too much traffic. Well, why not? They were worried. They some of the most well, they, but, they, but they were worried about specifically, they're worried about exactly. seeing as like complaining rich people. And they were worried about exactly. the social, oh, my gosh, what if all these rich people are, you know, they actually are allowing their own neighborhood uh, to essentially um, – be harmed because their egos are, tell, are causing them to worry what strangers might think about the fact that they're trying to protect the integrity of their community. And, and that is ego. Yeah. It's this irrational fear. That's kind of what you're touching on. Anything else in particular? Yeah, well, so that's part of it. And then other things like just from the observe yourself, I think this comes out a lot when we do goal setting with the treasure map. This is, of course, in the new I'm Harris talking about you, sister. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm going there. Okay, so when you're <laughs> deciding what you go after, you know, you've got to be introspective about how that's going to make you feel. And if you're not doing that, why is that? Some of that's on a micro level. For me, oftentimes in Orange Theory, when I'm wheezing out, I'm like, mm -hmm. I have to observe myself. Okay, can I be, uh, what was it, the, one of the marine books? We mentioned it on a podcast a while ago. Where he's talking about, or the seal books, where he's saying, most people only operate at about a 30% level. So if you David observe Doggin. yourself, yes, he, had, he did a lot of great stuff about how to observe yourself, right? So what if you gave it 20 or 30% more than you think that you can handle? And I, I see that a lot in Orange Theory. The coaches are great saying, well, why don't you add 0.1 to your mileage? Why don't you add to your incline? Why don't you do five extra reps or, or use a, an extra heavy weight? You can do more than you think. So on a very microscopic level, I use that in our workouts because that's one of the times when you can be the most present. You can't really think about anything else and do that workout other than giving it all you've got, first of all, from a survival point of view. You know, when I did an 11.5 all out the other day. Well, if I'm not paying attention, I absolutely will trip and knock my teeth out. There's no doubt about it. But that 11.5 was at least 0.5 higher than what I thought I could do. So I use it on a very microscopic level. The, the other place that I use it is when I'm with Zoe. I'm very cognizant that I am with her and I'm not doing something else. That was very easy when she was at the doctor at the ER last weekend, you know. Uh, but that, I wasn't like checking email when she's in the ER. That's just crazy. I've got to be present. So I think there's lots of ways that you can use that thought of, of observing yourself and we can certainly apply that to pretty much everything that these guys are dealing with, real estate-wise. But I think making yourself a better person in the first place absolutely makes you better in business. It's all related. Well, with with regards to finances, with regards to finances and whatnot, though, here's the way a lot of the huh. ego will destroy you. If you have a tendency, this is kind of counterintuitive, guys, but listen, hear me out. If you have a tendency not to save money. If you find yourself, for example, earning money and then spending it all, I, I want you to be the observer of yourself and observe why you're doing it. You're not saving money and you're spending it all because your ego is telling you, you better go blow it all because you might not get any more. I'm telling you guys, there's all kinds of crazy thoughts that are all associated with you know, your egos 
essentially its desire not to allow you to change. It wants you to stay the same. Read that book. But in the meantime, again, become the observer of yourself. Ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Don't try to analyze why you feel that way, where the thoughts came from. Don't go down that rabbit hole. Just monitor how you're feeling. Do you feel hungry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel anxious? Monitor the fact and watch how you feel around other people. That's That's another thing that's very fascinating because sometimes you'll be around other people and you'll find your ego starting to fire off. Your ego is actually starting to cause you to feel anxious, angry, aggressive, all sorts of things that you didn't realize were in your control. These emotions that were in your control are all of a sudden starting to, you know, they're starting to become less omnipresent in your life. And when you are able to move those thoughts aside, when you're willing to give what we're suggesting a try, then what happens is you start becoming a true observer of yourself. And then you realize, well, damn, maybe the reason I'm not making that phone call, maybe the reason I'm not being a proactive lead prospector, maybe the reason I'm making all these really stupid business decisions are because of my ego. For example, am I worried about how other agents will think of me if I start becoming a proactive prospector, if I start calling for sale by owners and expireds? Yet many of you are, because in our industry, anybody who's proactive is shat upon, aren't they? How often do you hear anybody celebrating the people who are proactive lead generators? How often do you hear our our industry? When was the last time? (laughs) Why haven't I thought of this before? When was the last time you heard about an agent getting an award for having the most net income? (laughs) Damn, Joy, we need to do that. That's totally a good idea, right? When is the last time we heard the industry celebrating an agent who was able to create enough passive income that they no longer had to work if they chose not to? There should be an award for that because in order to get to that point, you had to have, frankly, done a fantastic job being of service to thousands of people potentially, depending on your price point, to make it so you could create enough passive income that you didn't have to work anymore. There should be an award for that. There should not be a award just for selling more houses. That is stupid because selling more houses does not equal more profit. Our industry's obsession with the wrong numbers is causing agents and the brokerage community, frankly, a massive amount of pain. We do not take a business approach to our real estate practices, do we? It's very fascinating because I doubt if there's a single thing that Julie and I have ever said on this podcast that you did not instantly, intuitively know was correct. It just resonated with you instantly, and if it didn't, you need to ask yourself why. Why was it that what Tim or Julie, mostly Julie, she's very controversial, why is it that something that she said or I said has caused you any sort of consternation, anger, fear, whatever it is, resentment, whatever the negative emotion was, because your ego was shutting you down. Your ego was telling you not to listen to Tim and Julie. They're asking you to do something that's going to make you uncomfortable. It could cause you to feel rejection, fear. It could cause you to put yourself in harm's way where someone might say no. Do you guys see it? Are you some of you? I know you're getting it. I know you are. Listen, if you have not downloaded the books yet and requested your free coaching call, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, uh, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. Julie Harris, next point. Yes, next point is easy. Number two. You must be very exact about what it is you want. I see people struggle with this when we almost force them to do some real goal setting. And we typically use the example, most people will say, 
I want to earn more money. I don't think I've ever had a coaching client or a potential coaching client say, I want to start making less money, <laughs> right? All of you guys will say, I either want to earn more money or I want to earn money consistently. I want to get my production to be predictable. Those are all flavors of the same thing. Well, okay, that's pretty nebulous. How much and why? Well, maybe you're used to doing two deals a month and you got that figured out, but that only pays your bills. Maybe doing a consistent third deal a month, or for some of you a 14th deal per month, will move the needle. You've got to be very exact. Same thing with, I need to finally start saving money. Well, how much and how are you going to do it? I want to have more time off. Okay, well, nobody's ever told me that they want to spend more time working, right? I want to have more time off. What's that look like? How are you going to do it? If you just go around having a dream, I want to earn more money, I want to save more money, I want to have more time, you're never going to do it. You know that because you've held on to that nebulous thought for so long. It's those of you, and you guys who are listening, you know who you are, who say, I am going to have five years of reserves in a dedicated savings account or maybe even cash in your safe, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to peel off 25% from every single check and the way I'm going to be able to afford to do that is I'm always going to stay up on my taxes, but I also have to increase my magic number of listings from the five or six I'm used to carrying to maybe 10 or 12 so that I can afford to beef up that savings. That's how I'm going to do it. That's what the treasure map's about. It's an actual business plan with implementations. Now, you've got to be very uh, exact about it. Tim, the previous point about limiting beliefs about money that ties into this, some of them don't know what their monthly requirements actually are. They just miraculously pay their bills every month. Maybe they're late on some things, but they basically keep the ship afloat. I think hiding out from your actual monthly nut, as they say, is a symptom of a limiting belief about money. You talked about scarcity. So being exact is one of the cures to that first point about limiting beliefs. And related to that is point number three, set up a specific time frame, a deadline by which you will accomplish this goal. Simply saying, I've got to save $50,000. Okay, that's a step in the right direction because it is exact. But when will you do it by? And this point number three, setting up a specific time frame, a deadline by which you'll accomplish the goal, that's where the accountability kicks in. And that's where some of you guys go right back to the beginning, hiding out, not getting clear on how you're going to get everything you want in life. You've got to be specific about this. Otherwise, it's either not going to happen or it's going to take too long for you to get there. What are your thoughts on that, Tim? Well, no, I mean, basically, this all comes down to the same thing. This just comes down to the fact that, look, you are, Julie just said it, many of you are, listen to what Julie and I say, it resonates with you. Again, I don't think Julie and I have ever said anything that was truly novel. We're just telling you what you already intuitively know. I think ultimately that's our appeal because Julie and I do not bullshit you guys, and we're not going to be woo-wooing you and telling you all this mindset stuff and talking to you about all this pseudoscience garbage that basically proliferates our society with regards to especially business coaching. We're not going to talk to you about all this stuff, but walking on coals and all that. We're going to talk to you about practical, tactical things that are going to put you in a position to help people make money. And I know that resonates with all of you, but here's the fascinating thing, because I read your emails. Some of you resist it because we're in conflict with something that you have been led to believe is true, and you're discovering that it isn't. You're discovering that maybe some of the sort of pseudoscience ways you've been thinking are actually fake 
They're created specifically to sell you a product or sell you a way of thinking. And I'll tell you the reason I think that this stuff is so subversive. There's a whole bunch of reasons, and I'm not even going to get into the anti-Christian aspect of all these subversive thoughts. And I know this is a little extreme for some of you, but there is an element to that of all these sort of new agey ways of thinking. But I'll tell you the real reason I dislike those things is because never do they involve action. They're all involving a lot of mental masturbation, sitting around and thinking, sitting around and doing this and the other thing. There's never any action that's behind it. So what they're doing is they're putting things in the wrong order. They're putting all the thinking and all the planning and all the deliberating and all the analyzing and all that garbage. They're putting that first in front of the action. That's not how you do anything in life. Nothing in life works that way. Everything in life happens with the action first. The action is not the deliberating and the planning and the plotting and the, you know, all that. That's not action. That's time wasting. That's the honest to God truth, guys. The way you get things done is you get your body and your mind in motion, and what happens is that your emotions will follow. So some of you, this is a constant, for example, I don't feel motivated, or I can only do things when I find that I'm feeling a certain way, or I need to follow my passion. See, these are all the sort of pseudoscience types of things that are uh, you guys, many of you actually innately believe. It's actually part of your DNA that you believe you could only truly be successful if you follow your passion. You believe that, don't you? It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Following your passion is a fool's errand because passion is a is – a, first of all, it's a fleeting emotion. Passion is something you reserve for God, your family, things like that. The idea that you have to be passionate about what you do for a living is not true. And furthermore, it's going to be the omnipresent excuse that you always use for not being successful. And this is what I see. This is the reason Julie and I have such disdain for that pseudoscience approach to business and life. And this is just a slice of what I'm talking about. The, pa- the, the search for passion, the belief that you have to have this sort of burning desire, crazed emotion that's going to be your North Star when you're in business, that is going to be something that will always fail you because, A, you don't feel it often enough. B, there's very few things in, in, uh, in certainly real estate that will cause you to emote the emotion of passion. That just is what it is. But the third reason is, is because you will always use this as an excuse for failing. I can't do what you're asking me to do, even though I innately know it's the right thing for me to do, because I just don't feel passionate about it. I didn't get that listing because I didn't feel the motion that's associated with me taking listings. So you're not a professional. Do you get it? A professional does not have to wait around to feel an emotion in order to take an action. And here's, again, we always go back to using Orange Theory as an example, because Julie and I honestly do not look forward to it. We've talked about this endlessly because it's a great way to make the salient point is that once we are there and we always start out with the treadmill and we're on the treadmill for 15, maybe sometimes, you know, 20 minutes, then I actually start feeling like being there. Julie as well. I mean, sometimes she gets it, she gets up to speed faster than me, but that's what it takes. And then it's not like we have passion for being there. We just don't hate being there. There's a big difference. And the whole time we're there, aside from our friends, it, you know, aside from the fact that we know we're doing the right things for our bodies and we're doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level, aside from all that, there's no aspect of it that I find enjoyable. And Julia either. Julia even more so, to be honest with you. She really doesn't like it. But the point that I'm trying to make to all of you is that is how life works. 
if what you truly want is necessitated on you having passion for accomplishment of that goal, you will never do it. This is just one of the little lies that have been told to you that you believe, the passion lie. There are so many that Julie and I confront on this podcast. Hopefully you are going to go back and listen to the thousands of other shows so you can get your head screwed on straight about why you're in business. This is not a creative this should not be seen as a creative outlet. This is not your ego's express this is not your business should not be a way for your ego to finally express itself. I'm going to create my own amazing way of generating leads. I'm going to spend countless hours on my logo and on my website and my da 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 That has nothing to do whatsoever with why you should be in business. Now if you want to be in business, quote-unquote, to essentially have it as a, uh, you know, uh, that is your hobby, well, that's different, right? A hobbyist can take that approach. But someone who's serious about business, who's serious about being of ser- a service to other people, who's serious about making a net profit, someone who's actually in business thinking with a business mind, they are going to realize what we're saying is true, the industry is full of people that don't aren't in the business for uh, the, with the idea of making a profit. The business, the industry is full of hobbyists, isn't it? It's interesting. Don't be one of those people. This is the reason, ultimately, real estate is such, and I mean this with quotes, air quotes, an easy business to succeed in because you have so many people that will never do the real work of real estate. You have a vast majority of your quote-unquote competitors who will never learn how to be proactively generators. When you find yourself wanting to run to the latest you know, trendy, oh, we're going to do Instagram videos, or we're going to do Facebook ads. Of course, those are passe now, I guess. Or we're going to do this, or we're going to do the other thing. Those of you who spend all your time running to all these little novel ideas for the you, – why are you doing it? You're doing it because you're trying to avoid the real work in real estate, which is learning how to be a professional, which is learning how to pre-qualify, learning how to present, learning how to proactively lead generate, learning how to have the discipline of a schedule every single day, learning and living by doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level, knowing that everything that you want in life is on the other side of that. Are you understanding what we're trying to say? Communicate with us, guys. Let us know if we're on track with you. Give us some feedback. You can text me. I've done this a few times in past podcasts, and I actually get some very considerate, deliberate replies, which I always appreciate. 512-758-0206. So feel free to text me. And um, in the meantime, if you'd like to email either one of us a question, a comment, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And a reminder, our new book, um, that it's on uh, Amazon. It is it, uh, being released on, uh, let's see, June 4th, I believe, Harris Rules, Harris Rules, the Green Book. And what this is, just go over to Amazon and check it out. It's something, as far as a professional product, is something that Julie and I have really put our heart and souls to, 90% Julie, as I've given her full credit for it. That book is a representation of essentially, I would say, all the things that we believe most sincerely in with regards to how to help agents be successful in this industry. I want you to get the book. It's definitely going to be something you're going to refer back to throughout your real estate career. It's called Harris Rules. Uh, the red book's no longer for sale. The publisher had to take, us off, take it off the market. But the teal book is there. You can pre-order it. I believe deliveries start June 4th. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. If you need us for anything, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.